Many of you uh, have called and checked on me this week and text messages and all that kind of stuff, and I, I appreciate it. Um, it was just out of an abundance of precaution um, that I wasn't here last Sunday. I've had this sinus mess going on, as everybody does. Mine got triggered this year by an air freshener. I got me a new service truck, and I was going to be cool, Matt, and get me one at Black Ice. Man, that sounds cool, don't it, Matt? I bought me a black ice, one of them little Christmas tree things, and I throwed that dude in there and hung it on my CB radio, just like all the truck drivers do, you know. <laughs> By the end of the day, man, I had snot running everywhere. And I thought, that surely not. So I pulled it out. That was on Monday. I finally got moved in my truck. I pulled it out, <clears throat> let it roll the windows down, you know, let it sit and all that crap get out of there. And then... I thought, you know, you can't just do one. I mean, it may not have been that, you know. So I throwed me another black. I mean, it's just too cool not to try again, right? So I throwed me another black ice Christmas tree in there hanging on my CB radio. Snot, coughing, sore throat. And I thought, are you kidding me? So I throwed that thing away. Of course, it don't just go away. Now your sinuses are all upset and agitated. Well, then Sunday morning I woke up with a headache and I rarely have a headache and I thought well it may be more to this than just black ice Christmas tree you know um, so I stayed at home I have an abundance of, of caution and I appreciate y'all's concern but by dinner time I was um, back to my old self somebody made the comment and this got made twice in the last week I'm going to have to look into it uh, somebody made the comment it was awful quiet around here last week <laughs> now now that happened I say we gather at my mama's house on Thursday night and eat supper, and I missed a couple Thursday nights ago, and I don't even remember why, work, I think, and uh, my sister made the comment, it sure was quiet here, and then I come in this morning in my own church family, and one of them makes the same comment, <laughs> I'll just let y'all guess, so I ain't going to call his name, because that'll give him permission to speak, and he always gets me, so I'm just going to move on past that, Have you, right, right, Have you, uh, Sometimes, sometimes it's just better to admit defeat and, and walk on by. Uh, for those of you that don't know, for some reason, after this point, um, I, I'm a mechanic by trade, and, and I work on heavy equipment. And um, A lot of times we find things <clears throat> when you go to work on something. I mean, we, we work on stuff all over the place, um, and, and no telling who's been working on it before us. So it may be something that you find in the belly pan or something been in there for years. I mean, sometimes you'll pull a wrench out and you can barely tell it's a wrench it's been in there so long. Sometimes you find good stuff and sometimes it's stuff that nobody will claim. Sometimes it's good enough that everybody wants to claim it, you know? So uh, every once in a while you'll come across something and, and you know, you just kind of don't say nothing. You just kind of, I mean, you know, that's a snap-on ratchet. I'll just put that in the old toolbox. And you just kind of hang on to that. And then somebody comes along and, and goes... It looks like a ratchet I used to have. Well, now, I mean, they ain't had it in 10 years, and now it's the most important thing in their toolbox. And you're going, you don't even know that. I mean, if, you, if I didn't show it to you, if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't even know you lost it. Now it's the most important thing to you in the whole world. Kevin, here's your notes. Two things related to this story. 
I really wanted to frame them. I've been doing some framing in my wood shop, building some frames. I really wanted, I really wanted a really nice, I'm talking about solid oak, doll them dudes up and frame them and hang them up here somewhere. <clears throat> this morning I go into my Sunday school class and on my, my, I got one of these things in there and it was a Bible and a stack of notes. And of course, I looked, and they was his notes, and I thought, boy. And I actually told Ronald, I'm this close to just taking these and hiding them and not never say nothing, wait about it, because it seems to bother him. I've had them for 40 years. He didn't even know they was missing until I told him. Now they're the most important thing he's ever had. He can't even preach without them, because, I mean, come on, man. So, so, so anyway, so anyway. <laughs> Right, right. Um, in all seriousness, I really, honestly, deeply appreciate the fact that I can get up on a Sunday morning at, at 8.30 and call Kevin and go, hey, I'm just, you know, it wouldn't be right for me to ask everybody when you don't feel good to stay at home and me go busted up in there coughing and snotting everywhere. That's not going to look good. Um, and, and at 8.30, just pick up the phone and go, you know, you got it, and he takes care of it. That's it's a wonderful thing that we have, and I, uh, most people will never understand how it works and why it works, and, and it's worked for a long time, and I am absolutely honored to work alongside of Kevin and do this thing together. Um, there's, there's no feeling like it in the world than to know that, that he's got my back, and, and we take care of each other, and, and uh, sometimes he has to work Sunday mornings, and a lot of times I have to work Wednesday nights, and it's no big deal because we've got each other, and it's covered, and it's took care of, so I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity to serve alongside of Kevin and do all this stuff together. Um, and it makes it a whole lot of fun when you can pick and poke at one another too. So, <clears throat> Kevin kind of tried to stay on the same track, I believe, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with what we've been doing, um, kind of, sort of. Um, I had this thing all drawn up last week and was ready to rock with it. And so this week, you know, I was able to study different things and had the sermon wrapped up and I woke up this morning and had to start all over. <laughs> Um, just one of them things, I woke up, I, I don't never leave it till Sunday morning, never, ever, ever. Um, and I didn't leave it till Sunday morning this time, but I woke up this morning and, and had a scripture in my mind, and I, I got up and read that scripture and looked it over, and I thought, well, that don't really go with what I was going to do this morning, and God said, so why would you do it, you know? Um, so anyway, we're going to try to make this thing fly. The, bad new, the good news is, I, I really honestly, truly believe that what I've got, God gave me to deliver. The bad news is I've got two. We could be here a while. Y'all hold on. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Luke chapter 9, 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. 
But let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do come to you again this morning to say thank you for another day. I say thank you for the opportunity to be gathered in your house, the opportunity to, to look into your word. Father, I thank you personally for the opportunity to, to preach your word and to bring this message this morning. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you would have us to get this morning. I pray that you would allow us to see and feel your presence in all that's said and done. I pray, Father, for those that are not here this morning for whatever reason, those that are suffering through the loss of a loved one, those that are um, sick or, or, or bound up in any way, Father, I just pray for your guidance and your direction and most of all, your peace and your comfort to be supplied to them. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't, I'm going to uh, kind of stay with where I've been over the last several weeks and, and uh, go ahead and tell you this is nothing new. Um, this, is, this is nothing new whatsoever. This is, this is old material. This is old stuff. You know what I mean? This stuff's been written for a long time. So if you come in here looking for some magic answer to some great problem you have, you've come to the wrong place because it, it's not there. As a matter of fact, I, you actually may get bad news this morning. Because what I have to tell you this morning is, is nothing new, but it's truth. And what I must tell you this morning is, this Christian walk is hard. It's hard. It's tough. It, it really is. As a matter of fact, some days our minds look at the situation and go, this ain't fair. As a matter of fact, our, our minds, our human self looks at our situation and goes, it would be easier if I weren't a Christian. I can tell you this Christian walk is hard. <clears throat> and I believe that's one of the big reasons God pushes so hard from His Word the importance of one another. It's so hard, in fact, that you weren't built to do it alone. And we're going to see, I'm going to show you some things and, and open up God's word to you this morning and we're going to look at some things that we just read and some things we haven't read yet. And I, I, and I, I, just, I just want to assure you that this, this walk is hard. And the reason I feel led to tell you that this morning is because I know for a fact, as a Christian, if you set out to walk this path, you're going to wake up one day and go, man, this is hard. <laughs> because it's an everyday battle. I mean, it is a spiritual battle. Every time you roll out of that bed, you have to make the decision whether to stay in this or get out. I, I'm telling you, there are things coming our way that you can't even imagine how tough it's going to be, how emotional it's going to be. But through all of those things, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how tough it is, God is still God. Regardless of what the politicians are doing, regardless of how bad and treacherous it looks for our country right now, God is still God. No, it did not take him by surprise, none of it. No matter what you think of this pandemic and where it's going and where it's been and whatever, whatever, God is still God. 
And as hard as it is and as tough as it is, I'll guarantee you the battle is worth the reward. It's worth staying in the fight for because the benefits of this deal are out of this world. Quite literally. It's tough. It's hard. I've told you all this story a thousand times and I may tell it a thousand more. And it's hard for me to believe it's been that long ago because Rose is driving now. But in Awana's one time, <clears throat> Rose Thompson was probably seven, eight years old maybe. And she, our Awana's is set up where you memorize scriptures and then ever so often they'll fill you up a page with those scriptures you already memorized repetitiveness right and it gives an opportunity for us as leaders to look at that page and go they didn't memorize I mean they didn't learn them they memorized them they got through that time but now they're struggling and can't get by we need to go backwards and get these instilled a little better well Rose came to one of those pages in her book and she literally flipped the page and seen all of those scriptures and it was about six or seven of them best I remember on one page and she had a Furthermore, breakdown. I mean, she opened it up, looked at it, her eyes got big, and she just started squalling. And I said, Rose, what's the matter? So she came to where I was at with her book, and <laughs> I mean, she done sobbing. I said, sweetheart, what is wrong? She said, it's hard. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am, it's hard. You're right. It's hard. But I want to show you something. Let's look at these. We looked at the first one, and I, I don't remember which section she was in and which ones it was, but whatever it was, the first scripture she looked at it, we read it, and she goes, hey, I know that. Okay. So we got six or seven more to go. So she looks at the next one, and she goes, I know that one too. Well, cool. You're going. I mean, so we get to the next one, and she goes, I know that one. Brother Nick, I know all these. I thought you might. And all the tears are gone and she's so excited. You know, God never takes you to something regardless of how hard it seems without first preparing you to be there. Right? He's given you everything you need to face whatever it is you're facing. Sometimes, though, the tears are so heavy, we don't take the time to look and recognize that. It would have been a great time and an easy time for Rose to quit, to say, you know what, it's just too hard. But instead, we got the tears out of the way and looked at what was in front of us and figured out God had already equipped her to get through that, right? And, and I was able to use that as an encouragement for her to keep going. Listen, sometimes this thing gets so hard that you and I just need just a little bit of encouragement. Just somebody to help us wipe the tears away so we can get a clearer view of what we're looking at and realize, you know, God's equipped me to walk through this. And you know, sometimes when you're standing there in front of it, it's hard to imagine that you have what it takes to get through it. It's tough, y'all. This Christian walk is hard. This life is hard. But this Christian walk is hard, and it's so hard that Christ warned people about it. And that's what I want to show you this morning. It should not be a surprise to any of us that we encounter tough stuff in this Christian walk. Look at this. Christ himself, 
in Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 57. Now this, this first guy, or this first person, and I will say that we do not know the responses of these folks, right? I don't know if they walked away because it was too hard. I don't know if they stuck it in. We don't even know for sure exactly who he's talking to. That means if that's not in there, that must not be that important. So what is important is written right here. So we're not going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out all the stuff we don't know. We're going to focus on the stuff we do know. All right, and here's what we know. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, you know, it ain't like the Bible to just forget somebody's name, right? So it's probably not important who it was. The important thing is someone said to him, look, I will follow you wherever you go. He's talking to Christ. I will follow you wherever you go. Christ's response, well, great. It's good to have you. Welcome aboard. Ain't what he said, is it? Well, come on and join up. It'll be easy. You'll love it. He don't say that, does he? Come on in. We'd be glad to have you. See you next Sunday. He don't say that, does he? Here's what he says instead. Look at this. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You know what he just said? You can come if you want to, but it ain't comfortable. It ain't going to be easy. I don't even have a place to sleep. But you can come if you want to. You, 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 can, you can come along, but I need you to know something. The animals have a place to sleep. The animals have a place to call home. But the Son of Man don't. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be convenient. Oh, he wants you to come. He wants you to go. But he also wants you to know the reality of it. If you look around our landscape today, if you look around our society, television, books, internet, whatever, there are more people preaching a soft gospel than a true gospel. And they will lead you to believe that if you'll just accept Jesus, everything's going to be okay. It's not. That's not true. The promise isn't in there. As a matter of fact, Jesus warns us the, the exact opposite. You can come if you want to, but it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be convenient. Listen, when you sign up to be somebody's accountability, when you sign up to be somebody's one another, you know when they're going to call? when it's the least convenient for you, whatever that is. Convenience don't come in this package. And you should not go into this package thinking it'll be convenient to you because you're going to get your feelings hurt. Because <laughs> it's going to be a reality that is, I mean, it's going to be real. This walk is going to cost you something. You're going to have to sacrifice at times. It, Jesus himself looked at a guy that says, I'll go wherever you go. And the first thing he told him, it ain't going to be comfortable. <laughs> it ain't going to be convenient. Look, now here's the next guy. Now that guy volunteered himself, right? He comes to Jesus and says on his own, I will follow you wherever you go. Look at verse 59. To another he said, follow me. 
But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. That's a reasonable request. Right? I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's a pretty reasonable request. Now, a couple of things you need to understand about this. It, at this time, in this place, in, 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 you know, this is a real place, a real time in history. This is real stuff. A funeral was approximately a year-long process. Even to the point that they would allow the body to decay and they would dig up the bones and rebury them. So this was a year-long process. This guy said, heck yeah, I'll go. But first let me go. But you know what Jesus heard wasn't let me bury my father. You know what Jesus heard was an excuse why he can't go right now. Just an excuse. And it doesn't matter the size of your excuse. It doesn't matter the magnitude of your excuse. Jesus' response wasn't, okay, we'll see you in a year. Jesus' response wasn't, well, just whenever you get around to it, we'd love to have you. You know what Jesus' response was? Do y'all know how many people would be in Jesus' church if he pastored one today? I don't even know that Paul or Peter could get many, much less Jesus. You know what Jesus' response to this guy was? Let the dead. You know, that's a spiritual reference as well. Right? Let the dead bury the dead. The important thing to Christ wasn't being at your daddy's funeral. The important thing was spreading the gospel. If you're going to go, let's go. See, this ain't going to be easy. You see what I'm saying? This is going to be tough. And we should know that from the get-go, from the examples that we have. This is going to be tough. First thing he said, a guy walks up and goes, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. And he goes, you can go, but you better understand something. Even the animals of this world have a place to lay their head. This ain't going to be comfortable. The next guy he calls... He says, come follow me. And he goes, I will, but let me go bury my father. Christ says, let the dead bury the dead. If you're going to follow, follow. This is going to be tough. This is going to be hard. Think about this. Now this last guy, let's finish reading that guy first. To another he said, follow. Uh, he said, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Let's get going if we're going to go. Verse 61, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to my home, to those at my home. Let me go tell my family bye. Again. A reasonable request. I mean, you know, me fixing to tear out on going who knows where for how long. But you know what Jesus heard? Another excuse of why you can't go right now. See, what all of this says to me, what all of this adds up to is this. If it's too hard, don't start. Because <laughs> this is going to be tough. In other words, if you can't even start today because you've got to go tell your mama bye, you probably ain't going to make it. If you can't start today because you've got to go bury your daddy, you probably ain't going to make it. 
If you won't start today because you've come to the realization, I don't have a place to lay my head, you probably ain't going to make it. See, that's the reality of this. This is going to be hard. This isn't a soft calling. This is why the one and others are so important because in and of ourselves, we can sit here and reason through every bit of this and see why. Now, we don't know. I started off with we don't know what their response was. But we can sit here and reason through this and understand why all three of them walked away and said, you know what, never mind. I mean, all he wanted to do was go bury his father. All he wanted to do was go say bye to his mama, his wife, whoever was in his house. Reasonable request, right? What Jesus seen was excuses. And he goes, you know what? He finishes it off with it. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you're going to start and stop, you're probably not going to make it anyway. Anyone who grabs a hope to the plow and looks back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. You know, the truth of the matter is it goes back to where I started with this little venture, this, I guess you'd call it a series of messages. Focus, focus, focus. Because if your focus is on the things around you or the things behind you and your focus is not on Christ, you're probably not going to make it. This is hard. It's not fair. I'm telling you, you wake up some days and go, this, it just ain't fair. I do everything I can do and I do it right and I do it the way you ask me to, God. I, I try my best and I work my hardest and it still don't go my way. It still hurts. I still lose loved ones, right? The people closest to me still suffer. God, it ain't fair. But you know what ain't fair? Is that a man would leave the kingdom of heaven, come to this earth, suffer beyond our imagination, die on a cross and do it all for people who did not love him. Right? That's tough. That's hard. So really by comparison, this ain't nothing. Really? By comparison, you ain't suffered. I hadn't suffered. Not by comparison. But the reality of it is we're still wrapped in flesh, right? And we still hurt and we still have emotions and we still respond out of those emotions from time to time, right? And sometimes it's easier to quit. And sometimes, just like Rose, we look at the page and go, God, it's just too much. It's just too much. And before we can get the tears wiped away so that we can clearly see that we're equipped to handle the task in front of us we walk away we throw it down it's happened to a lot of folks and if somebody was just there if just one person was there to pat them on the back and go you know what it's tough and it stinks and it's hard 
But God's equipped you for this. God's prepared you for this. And you know what? If it takes it, I'll walk through it with you. Then maybe that person doesn't quit. Maybe that person doesn't walk off. Do you see yet the importance of one another? <laughs> not only having one another's, but being one another. Hey, it's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to always be comfortable. Some days it's going to straight up stink. It's going to appear not to be fair. All those things. So why in the world would you sign up for it? Because all of this... Even the suffering is temporary. What we're really preparing for is eternity. That's going to be a long time. That, that will be fair. <laughs> right? That, that will be just. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard, very hard. Go one more place with me. I don't like much. Luke chapter 5. <clears throat> now this is where I got thrown off. This is where I woke up this morning with this scripture in my head. I had read it earlier in the week as a part of my daily reading, um, but it didn't really seem to fit into anything I had in mind. Um, so God changed my mind. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Now, remember our, 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 our message this morning is it's, it's, it's hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. I want to show you what Christ had the nerve to do to these guys. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of, and I've tried all week, Genesaret was the best I can come up with, and I don't think that's nowhere close. But y'all know where I'm talking about, right? It's over, it's one of the bigger lakes next to the smaller pond. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now keep up with this story. Keep this in your mind. Again, real people, real events. They've been fishing all night or all day, whatever the case may be, Jesus has walked up, the crowd's pressing on him, they're wanting to hear the gospel preached, he sees these two boats, these fishermen are cleaning up, they've done work their shift, they clean it up, right? They, they're done. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, who later becomes Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Sometimes you think your day's done, it's just getting started. Huh? Sometimes you think you've done all you can do and you're tired and you wore out, you're cleaning your nets. And Jesus comes along and sits down in your boat and says, hey, let's go out there. And you're looking at your clock going, I done put my time in. I, I, I done, I'm tired, Jesus. I'm done, Jesus. Right? And he tells him to go out there. Now listen, he puts him, he put, he, let's go, we're going to go out a little ways so Jesus can teach. Now watch what happens. 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, now they done been fishing. They done cleaned their stuff up. They fixing to clock out and go to the house. And here comes old smarty britches Jesus and climbs up in Peter's boat, uh, Simon's boat, and he says, let's go out from the shore a little ways, and he starts teaching. Well, that ain't no big deal, right? I mean, that don't require nothing of me. He gets done teaching, and he says, let's go out to the deep and put down your nets. Peter has every right to look at Jesus and say, cuz, we done fished all day, we tired and won't go home. We overfishing. We done with it. We done cleaned up our nets, right? I done did all I want to do, Jesus, right? I've done, I've done tried this spot. We done been here and we ain't caught nothing. But that wasn't his response. Simon's response was, verse 5, uh, yeah, and Simon answered, Master, we told all night and took nothing. We worked all night. We don't work tonight. We, we done tried that. We ain't caught nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Now there are several things to look at. This, this scripture by itself is a sermon. It's a whole host of sermons. It's a series of messages on, on this one little plot here. So I want you to notice some things. First of all, Simon listens to Jesus teach. And the next time he addresses him, he calls him master. You know, the word of God alone should be enough to make us call him master. If he ain't done nothing but sit in our presence and taught, we should recognize him as master. Peter says, we done worked all night long. We have told. They have worked hard. When he got here, they were cleaning the nets, so not only is the shift over and they didn't catch nothing, they done cleaned up, getting ready for the next night's work. They done with it for the day. They ready to go home and lay down. And Jesus said, let's go out a little bit, drop the nets, the nets down. Jesus' is, I mean, Peter's response, Simon's response to him was, Master. Just after hearing him teach, Master. Second thing, let me tell you what we've done, but. See, Peter was able to look past all the physical. We don't worked all day and ain't caught nothing recognized that it was Jesus, called him master, and say, you know what? If you say do it, we're going to do it. Sometimes what Jesus calls you to do ain't, don't make sense. It ain't logical, right? It's going to be hard. Look, it's fixing to get real hard here in just a second. Done work all day. Didn't catch nothing. But, since you said put them down, that's what we're going to do. Simon answered, Master, we told all night and took nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, 
and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them. What do you imagine the partners in the other boat were doing? Cleaning nets. They didn't have their share too, ain't they? Max, sometimes when God calls me, he'll drag you with me. <laughs> right? Sometimes you'll get pulled in too. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. This walk is not easy. It's hard. It's very hard. It's tough. But when we're obedient and we just do what we're told by God, even though you may have been fishing all night, He can fill your nets up to the point He can sink two boats. He can. I'm not standing up here promising you that he will. I'm not standing up here telling you that just because you're obedient, all of a sudden everything's going to be great and you're going to have more fish and you can count. But he can. And if he decides to, he will. And sometimes he does. And this time he did. And he did it because Simon recognized him as master. He was obedient to what he told him to do. He, he told him, now listen, we told all night and ain't caught nothing. But if you say let them down, I'm going to let them down. And when he let them down, they caught so many fish, he had to holler at his partners. Sometimes, Chris, when God calls me, I've got to have you. Right? You see that? You see the importance of one another? You see that Peter couldn't get his own catch in? It took two boats. It took two boats and almost sank both boats. It was enough fish to sink two boats. Their nets were breaking. And sometimes God drops this great old big two boat load of fish blessing on you and you know what you got to do? Walk off. Watch this. <clears throat> they signaled to their partners in the other boat, boat verse 7, to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Do y'all see what's going on? Do you see what's just taking place? Do you understand the magnitude of this? Do you see that Jesus sent them out, called them back into their boats after they worked all night, couldn't catch nothing, right? Listen, these are fishermen. These guys, they, they ain't doing this to have a fish fry at the, at the local next week. This is their livelihood. This is their living. And they've just worked all night and did not make a dollar. They're cleaning their stuff up. Jesus comes along and he says, get back in the boat. Let's go out a little piece. He takes him out a little piece. He preaches. Peter recognizes him as master, right? 
He goes out, tells him to go out further. Peter goes, hey, we worked all night, didn't catch nothing. But since you said it, I'm going to drop these nets. He drops the nets, catches so many fish that two boats can't hold them. He has to call his partners in. They all gather around, get all these fish in. It almost sinks two boats. They get them back to the land and he leaves it behind. The biggest night he's had in his career as a fisherman. That don't seem fair, does it? That sounds hard, Christy. You put in that much work, you bring in that fit, that much fish, and you get it to the land and walk off and leave it land to go follow Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Remember, this is the same guy that just a few chapters later goes into an explanation that the foxes have holes and the birds have nests. The Son of Man has no place to... He's the same guy that looks at him and goes, Bury your father. Okay. Go tell him bye. Okay. But anybody that will put their hand to the plow and look back ain't fit for the kingdom of God. So is it possible that he took some guys out there, showed them how much money they could make, and then called them away from the money? Oh, yeah, not only possible, it happened. We just read it. These guys were on, I mean, they almost sank two boats with the number of fish. Fish is money to them. This is their livelihood. They get to the shore and walk off and leave it. Listen, this walk as a Christian is hard. It is difficult. I can't tell you how many, I can't tell you enough how difficult this is, how hard this is. There's no reason for me to stand up here and tell you how easy this is and then send you out into this world and you go, whoo, he lied. Right? It's like me standing up here and preaching to you, if you have enough faith, you can have anything you want and you'll be rich. And then you go out here and you don't ever get rich. You know what you decide? Evidently my faith ain't enough or that guy lied. There's no reason to tell you that. It's not true. It's not going to happen that way. There's no reason for me to stand up here and try to tell you how easy this walk with Christ is. It's not easy. Nothing about it is easy. It's not easy to trust God. Right? Sometimes we want it to go our way regardless of what He knows versus what we know. It's hard to just trust Him. It's hard. It's tough. It's discouraging at sometimes. It is. And you know sometimes all it takes to get through the most difficult times is somebody, somewhere, with enough faith to stand beside you and go, you can do this. It's going to be all right. To remind you that it ain't about what you're able to do. It's about what God's able to do. If you're equipped for it, it's because he equipped you for it. If you make it through it, it's because he brought you through it. But he's willing to do that. More than willing to do that. The only way you lose at Christianity is if you quit. If you stop. If you walk away. If you choose not to go anymore. Listen, some of these excuses we've heard this morning make sense to us. Right? It doesn't matter if it makes sense to you. It doesn't matter if it seems fair to me and you. 
it doesn't even matter how much it cost us. We're not talking about this temporary life. We're talking about eternity. And it'll be worth walking off from two boatloads of money to go follow Jesus. It'll be worth it. I'm not saying you can't have both. Sometimes he lets that happen too. But in the situation we read this morning, they had to choose. And a matter of fact, I don't even see them pondering over the issue in front of them. I see Peter recognize Jesus as master. Then I see him say, hey, we worked all night and didn't catch nothing, but if you say drop them, we're going to drop them. They dropped them. They hauled the fish in. He falls down at his face and goes, hey, I don't deserve to be in your presence. I don't, I'm a sinful man, oh Lord. Right? Jesus said, hey, don't fret. Won't be long, you'll be catching men. I'll make you fishers of men, I think is what the King James Version says. And they get the boats back to land and go follow Jesus. They walked off and left it. Listen, it's hard. It's tough. It is. It don't seem fair. It don't seem right. All that stuff. But all you got to do is learn how to trust God. That's it. Just trust Him. And sometimes it takes somebody else to encourage us to trust another day, to take another step, to stay in the battle, to not quit, to not lay down, to not give up. So be that one another for somebody. You need some one another's in your life too. You're not bionic. As much as I want to believe, I don't, I don't have to have that because I'm, I'm good, I can handle it. The truth is i got to have it. i got to have some one another's. So while you're concentrating on being a one another, be looking for you one another. It's going to be important. I'm telling you, if you think it's tough now, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get worse. And that ain't, that ain't a prophecy because of what I see going on in the world. That's coming from the Word of God. He tells us it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. You're going to have to have one another. I promise you, you're going to have to have one another.